Welcome everyone to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. I greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode. Let's go ahead and start getting the intro out of orders, out of the way, so we can go ahead and start getting into the main part of the podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. This is the best way to keep up with new podcast episodes as they drop. Also, if you can, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. That is the best way for people to find us whenever they're looking for gun-related content on their podcast platform. Also, make sure to check out our social media. We're everywhere at 2A Lifestyle. You can see what we're up to in between each podcast. Also, if you enjoy this program, this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you could check us out on Patreon. Anything you give us is greatly appreciated, and it goes directly into this podcast. It doesn't go to buy me ammo or anything shit like that. So anything you give us, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, we got another great episode with Mike today. I do understand the audio is a little off. It's been a while since Mike's been on, so uh, the audio isn't as good as I at least as it used to be uh but if mike comes back on the regular uh we'll get the the audio levels kinked out and then we can go ahead and get it started so i greatly appreciate you listening to that episode let's go ahead and start getting into the show We have a special return uh, guest host. Uh, you might know him if you uh, have watched the pod or listened to the podcast before. But we got Mike back. So, Mike, tell us what you've been up to, man. It's been a while since you've been yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I think year and a half now. So, uh, I'm starting my new websites, Ratman.media. Simple as that, uh, or as the meme, the new memes say, simple as. Um, got to go to Shot Show this year, which was very interesting. Um, working with a working with a company that uh, markets for the firearm industry, so that's been interesting. Um, I'm actually almost done with school, so I might actually be able to hop on with you a little bit more regularly. Hell yeah, man! So, uh, any like cool businesses that you want to talk about? I know uh, you've mentioned one of your businesses that we've been wanting to get on the podcast, and uh, I don't know if it's some and I was just thinking about this like Thursday or Friday when you asked me to check my spam <laughs> folder, and I was like, but I was driving at the time again. So, uh, but t- is, you know, tell us about some of the businesses you worked on, some of the cool stuff you've been able to do. Yeah, so um, for those out there that are needing marketing, you know, shameless plug. Um, I'm working with the Coots Agency, um, and right now we've got a suppressor company called Tyon Inc., and they actually have a, it's a complete titanium constructed suppressor it's milled out of a bar of titanium and complete like they have a it's called total breakdown technology so you can completely break down the suppressor with a i think it's a half inch ratchet and everything just comes out nice and smoothly um from my understanding and all the research i've done the the performance on these suppressors is actually better than the competition which is really nice to see um then we're also we got a couple other companies. We got a couple gun shops, which is awesome. Um, working with a handful of reloading companies and also some uh, training sims, which is pretty cool. Nice. So, what uh, reloading companies and training sims? This is the first I've heard of that. Um, so, right now, I'm not too certain how much I should divulge on those ones. Um, I know with gotcha. the suppressor company, I can I can openly talk about them. Um, but with the other with the other companies, I'd need to I needed to discuss with them if they're wanting to uh, 
you know, if they want me talking about them or not. Yeah, all right, no problem, man. Secrecy is the key then, I guess. Yeah, I will say, I will say, though, that all of your viewers would absolutely love the love the two reloading companies and the uh, and the training simulator. Well, like we just did uh, an episode all about reloading. Uh, I'd love to to maybe talk about them because I'm, you know, I freaking love ballistics. Uh, you know, I've, I've shot you some uh, you've requested some ballistics tables uh, in regards to what I have had in regards to uh, you know, some stuff that's been done. So. You know, I still have never gotten a response about my Freedom of Information Act request on on the ballistics. Yeah, yeah. I like to keep shit to the chest, man. And if they they can uh, ignore a FOIA request, they definitely will. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Oh, I got some big news. I've actually I actually quit smoking last year. No shit. Are you vaping though? Yeah, yeah, I'm va- I'm vaping. I, I can't completely kick nicotine immediately, but I'm I'm off cigarettes, which is good. I'm still dipping, man. So it it is what it is. Yeah, we all got our vices, right? I know. I quit drinking energy drinks, though. So like that's that's Ooh. my big thing. I quit drinking energy drinks. I just picked up drinking energy drinks. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like that was that was kind of a hard thing because I never, I, like the only time I ever really had coffee was when I was in the military. And we were in like training scenarios to where we couldn't bring tobacco, or we, you know, we ran out of tobacco. Uh, I would like dip coffee grounds to keep me awake, yeah. and that was like the only time I ever did anything with fucking uh, coffee grounds or with coffee. Period. And then when I was quitting, I told myself I was gonna quit any drinks. I was like, all right, I need to find some sort of coffee because I just hate the taste of coffee. And so like I found like a type of roast that I like. Uh, I just like dip like one spoonful of honey in the pot to like give it a little bit of sweetening, and then I uh, got this uh, uh, protein mix that I put in there for like my creamer, because like I, I didn't want to drink coffee and then like do like get tons of sugar. That was like my main thing. Uh, you are going like staticky really bad right now. Uh, so well, anyway, it's about coffee. We we can. We can uh, get rid of that. But <laughs> anyway, so uh, anything else going on? Uh, no, not that I can. Oh, I got a GTI. Yeah, of and course that, you that... would mention that fucking car. I mean, I've got to, don't I? I mean, I've got an obligation. Yeah, at that gay strip <laughs> club that you were at the other day. <laughs> it's a fucking chocolate factory. <laughs> Is that? Yeah, I bet you they push the chocolate there. <laughs> Yeah, and the gummy bears. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. All right, man, let's go ahead and start getting into some of the news stories. Sounds All right. good. As with anything in this podcast, we're going to talk about the shooting sports first off because we're going to always highlight the shooting sports because that is what's going to like bring our uh, you know love of firearms and shooting to the mainstream. And we should all be pushing, you know, hunting, uh, shooting sports, anything to get uh, like, you know, I, I guess you would say normal people or people that are not into firearms into shooting. So those are the, like normally, especially hunting. Hunting is usually the, the biggest entry for people into firearms. I know that was for me. Um, and, you know, video games that we think was for you, uh, Mike. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Video games. But, uh, you know, as with, you know, we always want to try and normalize it, you know, whether it be um, like 
the Olympic shooting sports or whatever it may be, you know, tactical games, uh, hunting, stuff just to get firearms into the mainstream to let people realize that firearms isn't what the big scary media is. So Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is, is the fact that these shooting competitions are worldwide. Like Australians yep. participate in them, you know, Filipinos, I believe the Thai uh, participate, the UK, the UAE, you know, everyone participates in these. It's not just something that's, you know, exclusive to the United States. It's everyone worldwide has shooting teams. Yep, absolutely. So the first article we're going to talk about comes just from Gat Daily, and it talks about limited optics, which is coming soon to USPSA. Uh, and actually, it has already come. So starting May 1st of this year, USPSA will be adding a new provisional competitive division uh, to its category, and it's called limited optics division. So now if you aren't familiar with what the categories are in regards to USPSA shooting, uh, there's open, which is where you see like all the race guns on YouTube and those guys that go super freaking fast. Uh, the stuff that killed in the streets. <laughs> yeah, as some people say, <laughs> yep. Uh, there is uh, production, which is, you know, nothing's done to the gun. Uh, this gun, this is exactly how it come from the factory. Uh, there is, there was a carry optics. Um, which I wonder how this is going to go, which is basically it says with this new division, uh, it's basically carry optics meets limited and limited is another thing to where uh, limited division. And it's been a while since I've gone shooting uh, with USPSA, but uh, limited was where there has been some things that's been done to your firearm. It's not production anymore, uh, but it still keeps in line with the uh, the you know before before you get into the open division uh so those people that have those open guns like you know the really jacked up cz shadows uh which is normally what most of them are uh that is you know it, it kind of gives those people a little bit more of a opportune to try and compete you know because if you're an open like basically what you shoot is what you get if you're in production you get a little bit more um, grace in regards to your time and your hit factors and all of the kind of stuff. So that's something that is uh, coming for the USPSA if you shoot that. Uh, it's basically carry – I think kind of looking at it, carry optics is basically production with uh, an optic. And then this new limited optics is basically the limited division with optics. So – uh, if you wanted to like put an extended, uh, you know, like extended mag release or an updated trigger on there, so that way you could stay in limited, uh, but you also wanted to have an optic, uh, this is the division for you. So I think it's pretty interesting. I love to see how they're trying to uh, keep up with the new, you know, the evolution of firearms in regards to shooting, and you know they got to keep up with it because the firearms are constantly changing, and I think that's a pretty cool thing. Have you yeah, shot well, anything USPSA? No, I've actually not done any comp competitive shooting yet. I'm wanting to get into it sometime next year when uh, the funds free up. Um, but I actually have this kind of cool idea that if one of you out there runs out with it, I want royalties for a uh, like a competitive series, which is just called Special Boy. I, you could name it something else, but BOI, where it's just stupid guns like Heritage Arms revolvers or uh <laughs> you know a high like like specifically it has to be stupid guns 
like high points, high point carbines, um, and the the Smith and Wesson shotgun that they stole off of Caltech. Because I mean, let's be honest, that one's a little bit stupid. Um, but yeah, just stupid stuff like that, and just call it Special Boy, where it's like, and then make like the scoring completely ridiculous. Like, oh, you use the high point, so you get plus five on all all your splits. Or you use the Heritage Arms 16-inch 22LR revolver. You know, you get mi- you get minus five on all your splits. Like completely, That'd be awesome. re- yeah, wouldn't it? Like it'd be confusing too. I would hate for it to be in that person's group though at the shooting match, just because <laughs> how slow their fucking run would be. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> Could you imagine like someone just shows up with like a little J frame? And a single shot 410. <laughs> like, have that, like, a, a two-gun or a three-gun. Like, you could only use, uh, like, a North American Arms or a Rough Rider revolver <laughs> and a single-shot shotgun. Oh, that'd be glorious. Jerry Mitchell would still kill it, though. Oh, dude, or or a, a no-sight competition where you have to use, like, those little C-Camp 32s that have literally no sights on them. Yes. Wild. I tell you something that I, I've been wanting to get into lately because, like, I don't know if you saw all my social media. So, like, you know, my my both my granddads on my mom's sides were like, you know, cowboys in Texas. And well, I'm sorry, uh, like both my granddads, like on my mom's side, and my dad's side, both of them like one owned a ranch up in Kansas. The other one. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> another one was uh, like a mayor of a small Texas town for like 30 years. And I got their cowboy hats is part of like when they passed, this is something I got and I've yeah. always had them hung up in my house and I've been telling my wife, I was like, man, I really been wanting like a cowboy hat to like just a, one of my own to hang up. So I got the cowboy hat when I went to uh, pigeon forge for spring break and it's fucking awesome. And yeah, I saw that. It looks great. Ever since I got that cowboy hat, I've been wanting to shoot Cowboy Western Division. <laughs> I like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get like a Vaquero, and you know, I got the the lever action. I just need the double barrel shotgun and stuff. Uh, but there's like only one place in Alabama that does it, and they only do it like once or twice a year. Well, you've got to if you do it, you have to wear a poncho. Oh, I have one, dude. Like when I was went to yes. South America, I have like one of those alpaca ponchos. Ooh, I've always wanted one of those. It is amazing. I, I like during the winter sometimes like I won't even have a blanket. I'll just be sitting with my poncho like covering myself sitting down. Sir, you live in Alabama. You don't have a winter. I do. I hate the cold, man. I hate the cold. So like even if it's just like 40 degrees here, I'm freezing. Like it was in the mid 50s Friday and now it's like 80 degrees today. But, like, it was mid-50s Friday, and it was really windy. It might have been low 60s. But, I mean, I was at my kid's soccer game, and I was <laughs> freezing my dick off. It was so cold. And I showed up in fucking, like, shorts and a T-shirt because I was like, oh, I just got off work. I go to the fucking kid's, you know, soccer game. I'm going to get comfortable, and I'm freezing my dick off. Yeah, I'm still pissed that Five Forges got more snow than I did. Yeah. I'll, as long as everybody has more snow than I do because I like zero snow. Yeah, I went like, okay, so I got snow tires for the first time. They came with the GTI when I got it, and I was super fucking ecstatic. I was like, okay, I'm going to see what these can actually do. And then it didn't snow, and it was so mild of a fucking winter that the temperatures caused the tires to just, like, they're done. 
I can't use them again. Really? Yeah, they're like they're done done. I was looking at them because I when I swapped them out, I asked them if I could you know inspect the tires myself because I was uh there's this company here called Bell Tire and they have this valet service. Um, so before they stored my tires, I wanted to look at them and you know almost half the tread's just gone on all the tires. Like it's really yeah, like it's been like some of it's been fused together because of how warm it was through the winter. So yeah, there's not there's no life left in them i guess like well obviously i don't fucking know about that kind of stuff but like i didn't know that warm weather can ruin um like you know like snow tires i didn't know that yeah it's all like i know I'm, I'm i'm still learning but like with the compounds the like summer tires they they're a little bit how to word it they're 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 made to where when it gets colder, they're going to be like stone, essentially. Like you'll, It's like driving on ice as it gets colder. And then with snow tires, they're made to have – like the tire will – like if you feel this, like an all-season tire in the winter and you poke it with your nail and then you poke a snow tire with your nail, the snow tire is going to be significantly softer the colder it gets. And as it gets warmer, that compound's going to get softer and softer and softer. So it's going to wear faster, faster, and faster. Interesting. Okay. And, like, before anybody decides to, like, what the fuck? He doesn't know this stuff. Like, I've lived in Alabama since I was, like, nine or ten. Like, I, I did live near Chicago for a little bit. Like, that's where my little brother was born. And I was, you know, I liked the cold then. But the army has ruined the cold for me. And I fucking <laughs> can't stand the cold now. So, uh, eat a dick. That's all I got to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, don't feel bad, because, I mean, this is the first time I've ever had something that wasn't all seasons. Because, I mean, to be frank, 90% of the country does not need winter tires. They just need a good pair of all seasons. Gotcha. All right. The more you know. Mm-hmm. So. All right. So, let's go on into the next story. Next story comes to us from the Farms blog. FN America announces 18... 18- at Columbia, South Carolina production facility. Mm-hmm. So this is going to mean an extra 100 jobs. Uh, it's adding an extra 40,000 square feet. Uh, and this facility already employs more than 600 people. So this is something that I always tell people whenever they're talking about gun control. Because the gun industry is a multi – probably – yeah, I'm going to say it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I know it's hundreds of millions, but it's probably more – like, you know, multi-billion dollar industry, and it employs tens of thousands of people. Look at Mike now. Mike is one of them. So if gun control is implemented the way that progressives want, then those people go out of jail, you know, go out of, you know, of uh, get out of their jobs. They lose their jobs. You know, this right here, $18 million, this is going to employ not only people that are going to work for FN, it's going to employ contractors, builders, masons, electricians, plumbing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, This is awesome. Uh, I'm glad FN is expanding, but this is something that people don't understand whenever they are, you know, wanting gun control. You know, this this is, uh, you know, something that the gun industry does for the country. It employs people and it puts money into the economy. Like my only problem with this is, is the fact that FN and this is why I was booing it. They have not. They said when they did the LE model for the 509 that they were going to be 
um, rolling out the upgraded striker and the flat face trigger into the civilian 509s, you know, and it's been what one or two years it still hasn't happened they come out with the 510 and the 545 and still hasn't happened like they're still basically saying like everyone says hk hates us well i mean fn's really the one telling us to go you know fn ourselves yeah fn is like right up there always like trading the number one and number two spot with uh hk on uh we're better than you yeah for sure but and even did, their fans same now, you're going to like this. I just looked it up on firearms alone, like not including ammunition, not including optics, which, you know, I'm getting back into photography. And one of the companies that I, I bought a couple of things off of is called B&H Photo. They actually sell like rifle optics and shit. I was kind of surprised by that. Um, so, you know, not accounting for any of that. Firearms alone account for like $51.3 billion for the economy. Yep, I believe it 100%. Yep. Now, I mean, you know, you add in ammo, that's probably another thirty billion. You add in optics, that's another ten billion, maybe. Then you have the flashlights, and then you have, you know, small companies like Blue Alpha that are making belts. You know, Haley Strategic, soft goods. Yeah, I was about to say, like, especially when you start looking at the soft goods, like clothing, bags, belts, uh, that kind of stuff. I mean, that right there, that number takes it probably into the two or three hundred billion mark just because you know not only do like they make stuff for the farms community they make things for people that base themselves off the farms community which is like airsoft which is a huge industry uh paintball that kind of stuff people that like to you know larp is what people say you know (laughs) that is a humongous you know industry in of itself yep i mean hell look i'm only mentioning them because i got Four of their shirts now, Retro Rifle. You know, it's like $50 for a shirt, and they almost sell out every time they come out with a new release. Yeah, and they do this shit on purpose, in my opinion. I mean, they make some cool stuff. Some stuff's kind of cringe, but they make some cool stuff. Uh, And did you see their uh, booth at SHOT Show? You know, I walked by it, but I was so busy looking at everything else that I, I didn't get to. That was the one booth. And I went, which was the first SHOT Show after COVID, you know, so it's probably like was a little different, but I went uh, when I, you know, to their booth when I went and they were I never saw that many gun bunnies except for when I went to Retro Rifle. I didn't see that many like when I was walking by, I didn't see too many gun bunnies there. But I will tell, tell you that Terran Tacticals booth. Oh, see, they weren't there when I went there. Yeah, they were there this last year and we. It was so bad and congested because the boomers wanted to get pictures with the gun bunnies that you couldn't, like, you literally couldn't walk past the booth because it was that clogged. But I will say, like, the coolest thing, and this is why I'm going to be buying a Pelican sometime this year, you know, very first day, everyone's walking around, everyone's tired. We start seeing people walking around with these clear cups filled with beer, right? Fucking nice. And... We're like, you know, where'd you get the beer? And they just show us their cup. It says Pelican. Pelican was giving out free beer every Hell single yeah. day of SHOT Show. Like, it was great. Yeah, I got a Pelican canoe. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. So let's go ahead and start talking about the next story. Next story we're gonna is going to come to us from the Farms blog. And it says, are gun sales declining? 
So it's got this nifty little Nick's Firearm background checks going all the way from 2000 to 22. And right now it's showing in 22. Uh, we're at a little bit of a dip. Uh, putting us right around um, right around like the, the Trump era, I guess you'd say a little bit above what was known as the Trump slump. Uh, so it says, according to a report from CNBC, uh, in 2022, gun sales dropped by 11% compared to the previous, uh, previous year. And public uh, traded companies like Smith & Wesson, Ruger, uh, they reported a decline in sales. So, for example, they said Smith & Wesson's net sales for the first quarter of 23 were $131.6 million down from $174 million in the same period in the previous year. And then uh, Ruger... There's uh, fell by 16.4 percent to 110 million. And this all this all makes sense with how things have been. I mean, everything you know. I think it was one of our mutual friends said that like a, like a dozen eggs in their area is going for like six fucking dollars for the cheapest eggs. And I mean, yeah, everything's getting substantially more expensive. I know a lot of companies because we're looking for houses right now and we're talking with a whole bunch of different people. Um. You know, I've I've seen where property tagger assessors have increased the value of properties by you know 75 to 200 percent for absolutely yep. no reason. So you know, everyone, most people don't know that they can you know fight that. So you know, people are spending a whole bunch more for groceries just to maintain their their standards, and then they're also getting fucked by taxes. So you know, it makes sense. It makes sense that no one's buying guns. Well, I mean, it makes sense, and I mean, still, like I said, the current uh, rate is above what it was during yep. what everybody said was the Trump slump. Yep. So I think people are still buying firearms. I still don't think there's a whole lot of panic buying like there yep. has been after COVID, uh, which is that well, that's when it extremely, you know, record sales. I mean, like Sandy Hook, uh, none of that other stuff made a dent. And those kind of sales like right after COVID. So I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of people that were panic buying, stop buying. You know? And like you said, the cost of everything is going up. Um, yeah. I haven't really seen it too terrible much in the farms industry, uh, except for maybe ammunition. Ammunition hasn't really gone down uh, since things started going back in the stock. But there has been a slowdown. But I think, of course, obviously, and we're going to talk about this in a later story, is the mainstream media is going to use this as a sign that people are going to start, uh, you know, they're starting to come to their senses, you know, according to their mind, that <laughs> people aren't going to stop buying firearms, that they're wanting gun control, all this kind of shit. And I think that's what they're trying to do with that CNBC article. Uh, but this yeah. article from the firearms blog kind of, you know, really kind of hints at that. doesn't really go into as much explanation as I wish they would have. Uh, but they do mention that there are some things that have been dipping in the, you know, declining of gun sales. But just like me and Mike said, I think those are, that's going to be the main reason why. So it's not a huge concern. Yeah, I do. I do want to say to Smith and Wesson, if any of your employees are listening, stop making new fucking calibers, right? Like, who wants 30 super carry? Nobody. Like, you can't, you like, you know, we can't afford to make ammunition. We can't, we can't get the components. And then what the fuck do they do? 
you saw like 10 new calibers come out. Yeah, and Remington as well. Yeah, yeah, like all of them. It's like you, you want to tell us that you don't have the components, but then you're burning through components to make a new a new caliber. Like, you know, talk about not caring about the needs of your customers. Yeah, and, I mean, we have seen um, – I mean, I know you bought a couple farms, Mike, since uh, you've been on last. What is your uh, new favorite thing that you're on? Oh, ooh, you would ask me that, Matt. It is <laughs> – let me tell you, this thing is a beauty. It is a Langdon Tactical P30L with an OD green slide. It's got the LEM trigger with a three-and-a-half-pound trigger pull. Sounds like a Christmas story, like when he wants, I want the Red Rider BB gun with blah, 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 and all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, like, and I kind of, like, Ernest is, like, super nice. I got to meet him at, at SHOT Show, and I kind of shot myself in the foot, because I'd just gotten done playing with their their P30, and I was so hyped about it. I'm like, I'm going to have to buy one of these from you, you know, shortly after SHOT Show. It's like, yeah, I kind of, I do need to buy one. I do. Like, I didn't have a choice at that point. I kind of locked myself into it intentionally. Yeah, I've been really wanting a good long slide 9mm, uh, but I am obviously, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for Live Free Armory's Apollo 11 to come out. But for some reason, I keep, like, just the other day I was thinking, like, oh, I think I'm going to get myself a Glock 34. And I was yeah. like, no, like, I'm, I'm waiting for that, you know, the Apollo 11 to come out. You know, I'm, I'm very interested in that. I'm also interested in... The uh, Stealth Arms Platypus, but yes, that's the other one, dude. I really like the fact that they have that custom 1911 configure that you can use, kind of like CZs and and SIGs. And dude, I don't know. I think uh, I think a 1911 might be uh, in my future. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna be talking about some more uh, kind of budget. Well, one budget friendly, one not really. Uh, 2011-ish coming out. Uh, soon so but before that let's go ahead and keep on going with the stories this next story comes to us from gat daily it's titled is illinois assault weapons ban back in effect after ruling by federal appeals judge in chicago so there was elation uh earlier this week when the illinois assault weapons ban uh was struck down uh this past week actually by a federal uh court but now the uh, decision has been, uh, I guess, stayed for now, uh, and the assault weapons ban is back in place after a federal judge uh, just put that order in. So this is leaning upon, you know, uh, U.S. District Judge Stephen McQuinn, who's based out of Southern Illinois, temporarily blocked it. And when I'm trying to find this next judge's name, I done forgot it. I don't know if they put it in here. I don't see it. I don't, uh, Justice Amy, no, never mind. That's different. So it doesn't mention his name, but he has, uh, put the assault weapons ban back into effect temporarily. Uh, and I'm, I'm guaranteeing you this is going to go before the Supreme court. Yeah. I still don't understand how they can legally do this when, I mean, you know, obviously the constitution is, is, is the, the supreme law of the land, right? You know, shall not be infringed, but you know, separating that to the reality that we're seeing, right? You know, federal Trump state, the federal government, more specifically SCOTUS, has already basically ruled that 
firearms that are in common use by the military are protected by the Second Amendment. So federally speaking, like like using that as you know the basis for this, this would all have to be thrown out by the Supreme Court unless they're going to change that ruling. Yeah. And there is uh, currently some assault weapons ban cases that are before uh, Seventh Circuit, and yep. it's being waited to be taken up by the Supreme Court. So I got a feeling within the next two to three years, we're going to see the Supreme Court rule on an assault weapons ban case. And when that happens, uh, I got a feeling, you know, how they're going to rule and yep. when that ruling comes down it's going to be freedom week for all of these less free states yep and i know like the one thing that bugs me about this illinois story is the fact that it you know i'm in indiana and we're a part of the seventh circuit court as well so if our you know high tax holcomb he's a piece of shit if he wanted to he could you know enact the exact same policies and now they're technically protected by the seventh circuit court yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get on into the next story. I'm going to be doing just a little jumping around, but it's going to kind of go into place. So uh, there was an assault weapons ban that was passed by the state of Washington recently, and uh, that was passed uh, for on April 25th. And Air Precision, who is based out of Washington State, has uh, – joined as a plaintiff against the new law. So ERA has released a statement uh, stating that they filed a lawsuit in conjunction with several other plaintiffs to combat this assault weapons ban, at least seeking a temporary and permanent injunction based on the unconstitutionally, uh, unconstitutionality of the law. And uh, the plaintiffs include Air Precision, uh, Sharp Shooting Indoor Range and Gun Shop, the Range LLC, and the National Shooting Sports Foundation. I tell you what's interesting in this, uh, Mike. Have you noticed another prominent firearms company out of Washington that has uh, not included themselves in this lawsuit? Mm-hmm. It'd have to mean that I care about them. Um, no, no, I'm not actually. Which one are you thinking? Well, let me give you a little hint. Uh, they are a little loose with their customers' information. Oh shit. Um, Radiant, right? Rainier Arms. Rainier. Yep, yep. I do. It's yeah. Those two are easy to fit. Yeah, mix up. <laughs> or I'm yeah. just a little retarded. <laughs> Rainier Arms, who is based out of Washington, has not become a part of this suit. Which, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Rainier Arms to begin with, uh, based on what we what I mentioned as the hint. So if you remember previously, Rainier Arms. Uh, they were asked, not even really given legal paperwork like subpoenas or search warrants. They just were asked. asked, yeah, just asked uh, for the their customers' information from the state of New York in reference to products that are now banned, but they weren't banned when their customers purchased this item. Yep. Uh, they are now, uh, you know gave up their uh, information willingly and they could easily support this lawsuit, but they're not. Now I do want to say like, like just to throw a little bit more uh, love towards Aero precision um, back when the whole brace band bullshit started, Aero precision was the only company I saw that actually made any type of post saying, Hey, this is bullshit. 
and fuck the ATF. Yep. Like I think I think Smith and Wesson may have done something like the day after, but it was so weak that I mean, it, it, it might as well have been Biden writing it. So I just wanted to give Air Precision just a huge fucking shout out and mad props to them for mm-hmm. joining this. They're putting their money where their mouth is. This is not a uh, cheap thing to do. Uh, I believe I've heard of the Range LLC, but I haven't heard of these. Well, obviously the NSSF, uh, the NSSF and Air Precision are probably the two big names in this lawsuit. And you know it is going to take a lot of money. And the fact that they're putting their money where their mouth is just shows um, what they're doing. And uh, part of that article also came from Recoil. I should say Recoil was the other article I sourced in regards to that. So anything else to say on that, Mike? Uh, Yeah, fuck the Washington state government, fuck the ATF, and fuck the Fed. Hell yeah. So this next article comes to us from Amland, and it's titled ATF Whistleblower Exposes Rampant Fraud. So I thought this was really interesting just because of the fact uh, that uh, this is something that – actually, I don't know why I pulled this up. This was in recent with um, Amland, but this is a 2021 article. I was like, man, this thing looks fucking familiar. Mm-hmm. So – all right, disregard. Uh, go back to a previous episode if you want to listen to this. But the base of it is is uh, there's a the Treasury Department is stealing money from the people. No, no, not even the Treasury Department. This is the fucking ATF. Yeah, they're part so, of the Treasury Department, my friend. I didn't did not realize that if that is true. Yep, because they are they are legally allowed to collect tax money via the tax stamps. So they are a part of the Treasury Department by technicality. Hmm. All right. But anyway, so what the main article is, it talks about how the ATF is illegally claiming overtime or they're claiming that they're still a part of, uh, you know, assignments to where they get uh, hazard pay when they actually aren't. And a whistleblower came uh, forward with that and said that it could be possibly millions that the ATF is stealing in regards to that. So. That is that article. My apologies. For some reason, I thought that was – I thought – you know, and I saw that article, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, man. So, like, uh, this is probably going in line with uh, the IRS investigator. Have you heard about that? Uh, the mm-hmm. IRS investigator from Hunter Biden's uh, case uh, seeking whistleblower status or whistleblower protection no. in reference to uh, uh, political pressure. Uh, they're trying to – Yep. They're saying that there's been political pressure in Hunter Biden's tax case and that they are uh, being pressured to rule in one way versus the other. Well, I mean, of course, he's the president's son who also likes meth and uh, having sex with minors. Yep. Absolutely. And taking, uh, you know, luscious favors and posts and jobs from people that are scrupulous to say the least because of, uh, you know, like fucking we've seen uh, Hunter Biden taking a, uh, was it like a natural gas, uh, like a board position from Ukraine 
you know, look what's going on in Ukraine now. We're giving them more money that we've spent on the entire Iraq and Afghanistan wars. Uh, he's taking. No, look, I just want to say, like, like now that you you said that little factoid, I do have to ask the question. We have given the Ukraine has received more, probably more than five times, the amount of money that the Russians spend annually on their military, right? Why is this still happening? You know, $500 billion is a lot of money. It's enough to, to bribe even the most, you know, honest person in the world. Like, you can literally go to any of the fucking people in the Kremlin and go, hey, man, give you $100 billion if you killed Putin. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Well, and a lot of that money, like 70% or between 70 to 80% of that money that has been slotted for Ukraine has not even left the United States. And the reason is, is because all that money, uh, you know, we give, we say, oh yeah, we're giving, you know, a hundred million dollars for artillery shells to Ukraine. Well, it's not like we give that money to Ukraine and then they spend it on artillery shells to wherever's closer like we're saying no we're going to give this money to raytheon and raytheon is going to build the artillery shells for you and raytheon is an american company part of the military industrial complex and they get that money and you know the shells then go to ukraine after raytheon builds them i mean that makes sense so at least we're still keeping it kind of sort of that is the only fucking reason they do not say we're in a recession. It's because the military industrial complex is the only industry that is showing growth. <laughs> that explains why my uh, portfolio is doing so well, because that's all we, the only thing I invest in. Yeah, it's because you're smart. Yeah, well, and also, you know, I need to create a bot that will automatically, you know, follow the exact same investment decisions that the wealthiest politician is making because he yeah, is the insider really. trading yeah the fact when matt gates and aoc co-sponsor a bill to stop insider training in congress it's fucking insane to think that those two are actually working together now you gotta also wonder what was pelosi about to get caught with with trading for her to resign Bro, we she's like need... the number one. Like, there's this huge thing where, like, basically, I forget the the intricacies and the exact details, but basically, she'd get information, and then since she wasn't doing the trading and her husband was, there's like this weird gray area where it was okay for him to do it. Mike, we need to do our fucking conspiracy show. We I mean, need we absolutely to do. do. Yeah. Now, if you guys are interested in me and Nick doing a conspiracy podcast, you need to let us know. Because this is something we both really, 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 really want to do. Because we can go hard in the paint with this fucking shit. I can talk for hours. Yeah, like if you guys want four-hour fucking podcasts to listen to on your road trips where, you know, probably a little bit of retardation going on, to be fair. But... To just enjoy and listen to conspiracy theories that we found information on. Like, you know, Killdozer being a prick. Right? He was. Like, we can do that. We can do that. And we want to. We want to do that. Yeah. Now, I do want to say, like, on the same note as Ukraine, I want to say, you know, I want to give a round of applause to Poland. You know, as Polacks, we don't learn that fast. I'll be honest. But uh, 
after the Cold War, it seems like the Poles have finally learned. And instead of waiting on, you know, Britain and France to turn their backs on them again, they are giving billions of dollars over to the fucking South Koreans and to the United States to get a whole bunch more armament. Like, they're getting 980 K-2 battle tanks and 648 K-9 howitzers. Well, and what I think is interesting is that Poland has said that they wish to uh, take over leadership of the continent from France and Germany. I mean, can you blame them? If I remember correctly, Poland is, like, the strongest... Because Germany uh, artificially... um, artificially improves their their gdp if i remember correctly something about them bringing in um foreigners to work and then exporting them back after the work's done um but poland's been like one of the strongest growing economies and i think they actually have the highest literacy rate which is kind of outstanding considering the language yeah it's a fucking garbage language well, I mean, you know, when you have the Nazis coming in and then you have the commies <laughs> coming in, like there's literally, okay, so it's uh, fun factoid. A lot of the Polish language isn't what it was before World War II because of all the occupations. So like there, I, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of like documents that can't be read because of it. Damn, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not know you were going to learn that today, did you folks? Now, imagine what you would learn if we did a conspiracy podcast. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. So next article we're going to talk about comes to us from Ameland. Its title is North Dakota will no longer discriminate against residents of other states. So, yep. North Dakota has stood out uh, as one of the couple states which has had constitutional carry, but did not grant the right to carry without a permit to people who are not residents of the state. So Wyoming is another one who's restricted permitless carry to residents, but reformed its law in 2021. So this year for the 2023 legislative session, the North Dakota uh, North Dakota legislative uh, you know body passed two bills, restoring and protecting the right to keep bare arms, both signed by their governor in mid-April. Uh, one of those bills, HB 1339, extended constitutional carry to people who are not residents of North Dakota. You know, it makes me wonder, what are the other states? I wonder if it says what the other states are, because I've thought about this. Because there's one article that I thought about uh, bringing up, which was uh, what why it would be a good idea to get a concealed carry permit, even if you live in a constitutional carry state. Yeah. And I went past it, but I got to thinking about it later when I was cleaning I was like, all right, so Alabama's constitutional carry state now. And one of the main reasons people in Alabama uh, still got their carry permits was because, you know, even though Alabama has great beaches, uh, there's still like Destin, Pensacola, uh, some of those other beaches in the panhandle of Florida that a lot of people from Alabama go to. Uh, so we would still purchase our pistol permits so that way we could carry legally in Florida. Yeah. Well, now Florida has constitutional carry. Uh, DeSantis just signed it into uh, law. But I wonder if Florida is one of those states that have, just like North Dakota and Wyoming did, which is they do not recognize constitutional carry for non-residents. Yeah, and that's – I mean this this article brings up something that I think a lot of people don't realize, and that is the fact that 
just because a state like Indiana is constitutional carry now. I don't believe it extends to non-residents. So just because a state has constitutional carry doesn't mean that you can just go in and carry. You know, you actually have to look into, is it a restrictive constitutional carry or is it an open constitutional carry? I'm Googling this right now. Um, Cause I know Alabama, it doesn't, it does recognize everybody. So it doesn't have to, you don't have to just have a, an Alabama address on your driver's license to have constitutional carry. You can have, uh, you know, not be permitless carrier. All right. So according to USCCA, North Dakota was the only state that did this. Interesting. So they were they were one of the last states. Yeah, it looks like I, I'm getting conflicting information on Indiana's, unfortunately. Yeah, this is from uh, USCCA, so don't sue me, folks. <laughs> yeah, always, always, like, for legal information, always reach out to a lawyer. That's one of the reasons why I do uh, U.S. Law and Shield for my uh, carry insurance, even if I they end up best not one out, anything. One of the best ones out there, man. Yeah, yeah, like, they actually have, like, a, you can email in and ask questions. You will get uh, email back from an actual lawyer in the state that you're inquiring information from, or you can call. And one of the nicest parts about it, in my opinion, is with U.S. Law Shield, you know, anything can be subpoenaed for a case if it's not protected by by lawyer-client confidentiality. Well, when you call U.S. Law and Shield, all the people that answer the phones are fucking lawyers. So the moment you call, you're protected by that that lawyer lawyer-client confidentiality. That's awesome, man. Like I said, I remember we did a, uh, a podcast episode about uh, self-defense insurance after uh, the Kenosha shooting, and yep. uh, that was one of the top ones that I uh, recommended to people out there. Yeah, and it's one of the cool things is is recently um, – so because I had a friend that worked with him, and he always told me that the owners were, were sticklers for following the law to a T in the states that they operated in. And in Indiana, they were not allowed to post bail for their clients due to some some odd law here in the state. And they actually just the, – the, the law changed. Now they can legally do it in Indiana. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next article comes to us from Amelan, and it is about Alaska passing emergency powers bill, uh, which is – if you aren't familiar with uh, Hurricane Katrina – uh, I know I'm a little bit older than you, Mike, but I don't know if you knew what was going on a lot during that time. Yeah. So yeah. during Hurricane Katrina, uh, I think it was New Orleans or the state legislature. I can't remember which one, but it's one of the two. <clears throat> uh, they passed uh, an emergency uh, order where having firearms was illegal to, uh, to have, period. So yep. they were literally doing door-to-door confiscation. So what Alaska has done is they passed this bill, which would protect the Second Amendment in case of emergencies in Alaska. So it would be illegal for Alaska to say, hey, uh, we're having, you know, I don't know, fucking like uh, day after tomorrow type of shit. You can't uh, have a firearm here. So it's something it's something every state needs to have. You know, there shouldn't be. 
just because there is a a emergency situation going on doesn't mean that people shouldn't be able to protect themselves. Because, you know, like yep. in the case of Katrina, right, afterwards there's a lot of looting going on. There's a lot of breaking and entering going on. You know, just because that situation happened shouldn't mean that a homeowner shouldn't be allowed to protect themselves or their property against the people that are trying to get in. Absolutely. So that is, uh, I mean, that's pretty interesting. And this is something that a lot of people might say, this will never happen uh, where I'm from or shit like that. But I'm telling you, people, exactly, fucking man, people do dumb shit whenever panic sets in. Yep. And like Mike said, if we haven't learned anything from COVID, we've learned that people will easily give up your rights, not even necessarily just their rights, but give up your rights for what they feel is a little bit of sense of security, even if it's not real. Just remember the fact that in a lot of these states, you were not allowed to attend the funerals of your loved ones because of the common cold, because that's what COVID basically was. Fuck yeah, man. It's fucking ridiculous. So let's go on into the next article. Uh, This is a huge one, in my opinion. And I feel like I can safely say I know how this is going to go, and I will continue talking more about it when we discuss it. So this article comes from Ambulan. It's titled, SCOTUS Agrees to Hear Case Challenging the Chevron Defense. Now, if you don't know what the Chevron Defense is, the Chevron Defense is an old case. I believe it's the 70s. Uh, I'm sorry, 1984, Chevron v. Natural Resource Defense Council. And what the Supreme Court said, the Supreme Court said that uh, these executive agencies, uh, so in this case it was the uh, Natural Resource Defense Council, uh, and ATF is another one, EPA is another one, CDC, whatever it is, uh, all these are executive branch, you know, appointed and run by the executive branch, a.k.a. the president, they have the power to make decisions, even if they're not given the express authority to do so, under the congressional law that was passed, which they are over. So uh, in this case, you know, a prime example for the Second Amendment community is uh, the ATF saying that braces make a AR pistol an SBR, or you know, a bump stock makes a AR-15 a machine gun. Go ahead, Mike. I was going to say, because you, you mentioned about the brace thing again, and that just reminded me. When I was at SHOT Show, I went to the ATF booth, obviously, because I had an obligation to. Um, and I literally asked them, you know, because there was two agents. One of them was a shithead, and the other one, he was kind of cool. Like, if he wasn't a fed, I'd think he was pretty cool, right? Um. I asked him because my dad's a disabled veteran. Like, you know, okay, if my dad still had one with with a brace on it, like an AR with a brace on it, would he still be a felon even though he's a disabled veteran? Oh, well, we don't know. And I asked him like 10 or like 10 other questions. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I had actually asked, you know, you know, I brought up the fact that in 2017 they said it was legal to fucking shoulder him. I said, are you guys going to change your mind again? And the one, the one that was cool, he's like, well, honestly, we don't know. And the other guy who looked, I mean, honestly, it looked like he got shot in Afghanistan. It kind of sucks that he wasn't killed. Um, 
<laughs> absolutely not and actually spit on me while he was saying that. Mm. And then and then the cool guy told the shitty agent to go and ask legal my questions and even you know they had like four lawyers there none of them could fucking give me an answer to any of the fucking questions yep yeah i know that was a little bit of a detour but i you reminded me of it no so it's a problem man so uh and we've seen the atf do this kind of thing over and over and we've seen other federal agencies do this yep uh and this is a case that is being brought by the supreme court and if the Supreme Court is wanting to see this case, then to me, in my mind, it feels that they're going to overturn it. And we've already seen that in the same judicial uh, legislator or the judicial session where the Bruin case came out of, because there was a similar case to this that went before the Supreme Court and it had to do with the EPA and the Clean Air Act. And the Supreme Court decided that the EPA could not make law based off of the Clean Air Act. If it wasn't clearly stated in the Clean Air Act, the EPA could not interpret the law to enforce it. It's funny that the EPA cares about clean air considering what they did in Ohio. Absolutely, and everything else that we've seen since then. Mm -hmm. So with this, I think that we're going to see this go in our favor but now what i can absolutely fucking see happening is that it's going to take uh a lot more legislative uh not legislative a lot more court ordered injunctions from uh you know federal courts around the country to fix this because you know there's going to be uh, a decisions from the Supreme Court in regards to this case, I think it's going to limit the executive agency's actions to interpret federal law that's not there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see uh, that the ATF is going to say, oh, you know, that that has to deal with whatever fucking agency. That has nothing to deal with us. And we're going to have to do a lot more fucking maneuvering in the courts to get around the ets bullshit absolutely and the one thing that i think um is very interesting specifically in the last you know six years i think we've seen more litigation and more mentionings of the second amendment getting brought up in the news especially in front of scotus than we did you know between like let's say six years ago that's what 2017 Yeah, 2017. So between 1989 and 2017, I think this last six years is the most activity we've seen in terms of the Second Amendment and litigation that involves it, which is nice to see. Yep, absolutely. So that is definitely a Supreme Court case to watch out. Uh, Next article comes to us from Amelian, Colorado. Colorado governor signs for anti-Second Amendment bills into law. So I know Colorado dodged some bullets in regards to this, but some things obviously did get passed. Uh, First one is a three-day waiting period. Uh, The next one uh, repeals limited liability protections for firearms and manufacturers, distributors, dealers, and importers, which is, you know, going to get tossed out because of, uh, uh, you know, federal law. Trump's state law, and there's federal law already talking about this. 
the next bill denies Second Amendment rights to young adults aged 18 to 20 by prohibiting them from purchasing firearms. And the last bill expands Colorado's red flag gun confiscation scheme by allowing for the confiscation of firearms based on mere speculation and hearsay evidence without due process. So I know an assault weapons ban uh, was on the table for Colorado, but that got struck down in committee. But it's been these are bad. I mean, the fact that an 18 year old can sign up for the United States military and go shoot a fully automatic M4, but they can't purchase even a shotgun or a hunting rifle in Colorado is a travesty. Because, I mean, I know Colorado has some serious, uh, you know, game and fish, uh, you know, tourism that goes out there. And the fact that you have to be 21 before somebody could start their, uh, you know, their career, if that's what they wanted to go into, uh, is just a travesty, in my opinion. And then, go ahead. One of the things I want to say about, you know, the 18 to 20-year-old thing is a lot of anti-gunners out there are going to say, well, if you want to shoot guns, go join the military. Okay, so what's the difference? What is the difference between, like, let's say I'm 18, right? What's the difference between me joining the military? Because in that moment, when you tell me, go join the military if you want to shoot guns, at 18 years old, I can go join the military and I can shoot guns, right? I'm still the same person. Yep. Like, you can literally get the same exact, like, not boot camp, obviously, but the same exact weapons training privately. You know, add on the fact that if I really wanted to, legally obviously i can take a full auto m4 out of the armory if i have access to it and leave fucking base and go shoot up a walmart you know there's literally nothing stopping just because someone's in the military or not in the military doesn't change anything yep you know i mean look at look at fort hood absolutely so i mean there uh, you know this also adds on to because indiana just passed that you can't buy tobacco unless you're 21 Right. So what is it? What is the age of adulthood? Is it going to be 18? Is it going to be 19, 20 or 21? We need to we need the politicians and the government need to stop dancing around and just fucking change it if they want to change it. It's either 18 is the age of an adulthood, which means all of your rights should be established. You shouldn't have any restrictions or 21, because if I'm if you're able to decide the the direction that the country is going by voting at the age of 18, why aren't you allowed to protect yourself? If you're able to take on a loan that can send you to jail, well, not send you to jail, but take on a loan to buy a house or to buy a car at the age of 18 without any type of consent from anyone else, why shouldn't you be allowed to own a firearm to protect that investment? And you're exactly right. You know, They're trying to lower the voting age to 16, but yet they want to raise the age for you to buy a firearm to 21. Yep. It's well, I mean, fuck, dude. The nuts. UN's trying to say that pedophilia is fine. They're trying to legalize it. Yeah, oh, shit. Here we go into that conspiracy talk. I mean, if you want. Oh, no, 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 no. That's God real. Damn, That's I can real. talk about that shit all day. And I, I mean, I'm not even talking about like conspiracy because they are obviously trying to normalize pedophilia. But yeah, like yeah. it's literally it's a UN backed uh, thing that basically says we need to normalize sex with minors. Like, we need to normalize it, and it needs to be legalized everywhere. Like, it's literally a thing. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. 
Yeah, the EuropeanConservative.com has an uh, article about it. Um, let's see here. There's a couple others I'm trying to pull up. There's one on Fox News. There's one on CNN. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's there's articles going over it in depth. It's absolutely sickening. Yep. So going on into the next article that I want to talk about, and I want to talk about this because uh, the absolute fucking hypocrisy of this. This comes to us from the Pennsylvania Capital Star, and it's titled – and this is a editorial piece, so I will mention this. It's an editorial piece, so it's not being put out as news, but it is in a massive newspaper. And it's titled, Want to Pass Gun Reform? Give more law-abiding black people guns. I like the typo. <laughs> yep. And that's in the fucking uh, headline. Dang, God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, Michael Cord, you need to you need to proofread a little bit more, bud. Completely. So the premise piece is, is that they're stating that if you want to pass gun reform and you want to get Republicans on board for gun reform is you need to give more guns to black people because they feel that gun owners and Republicans don't want black people to have guns. Yep. That's the whole premise of this entire fucking article. Yep. I mean, and there's truth to it. Show. In what way? I'm just curious what you say that, Mike. So, so like, if you remember the, oh, fuck, what was the situation? It was out in California. It was with Reagan. It was Reagan, with Reagan and, I believe, the Black Panthers and openly carrying firearms. You are right. That's and, was out, that was California's first gun, huge gun control piece. I'll give you that. Yes. So there's 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 some historical evidence to support it. You know, there but, there's. I'm not saying that's completely the case. It's, I mean, times have changed since then, but there is historical evidence of it. You know, even not just black people, but even with like Native Americans. Right. Oh, we're gonna take your guns, then we slaughter them. So. I will say in historical context that is correct, but as we have seen, in my opinion, in the last 15 years, we have seen a political shift just like we saw with Republicans and Democrats where Democrats used to be prevalent across the South. Democrats was the segregationist party. Republicans were the you know business party and all that kind of stuff they wanted to abolish segregation because it was good for business all that kind of stuff um and it changed in the 60s and 70s we're seeing that same change nowadays to where in my opinion the democratic party is being taken over by the progressives and we're seeing the republican party taken over by in my opinion more libertarian mindset yeah i'd say now, i'd say I'd also say that the Republicans are also being taken over by moderates, mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's kind of nice to see that there's a little bit of a, a sway, but I think it's also a dangerous line to tread because we've seen what happens with the Democrats. Like we went from the liberals, which are like, yeah, let's legalize weed, gay marriage, and now it's we need to legalize the pedophilia. Party. They used to be the anti-war party, and now every Democrat is pushing for war in Ukraine. Yeah, and it's it's. Like there's there's this it's everything in there's a saying everything in moderation is fine right and the problem is we're seeing like with both parties 
you've got liberal Republicans, you've got liberal Democrats that are taking things way too far, and you've got the inverse that's equally true. Conservative Democrats that are taking it too far, conservative Republicans that are taking it too far, and there's like that nice little line of moderates in there where it's like, yeah, this is the case. This is what we need to do, like rationally think second mike somebody's at my door hey she's at her mom's this weekend girl say again Denali, shut up. All right, I'm back. So I just want to mention for everyone that's listening, Nick says that he doesn't know stuff about cars, but he has a dog that's literally named Denali. Yeah, after Mountain Denali. Yeah, well, it's also a trim level for, I believe, Chevrolet or GM. Uh, GM, it is. Yeah, Yeah, so... I don't know, Nick. I, it's mighty sus, my man. Well, and I will say that uh, my dog, I got, this is a Belgian Malawa, and I got her from Ooh. a breeder, and she was already named Denali when I got her, so. Belgian Malawa. I've been, you know, uh, it might be John Wick that's doing it to me, but I, I do kind of want a Belgian Malawa. But my love for German Shepherds is very strong. I have gone through three couches with this dog. <laughs> she, you know, like. She is a chewer. She's got bad separation anxiety. And every time I think, like, oh, she's, like, she's finally over her separation. She's tore up my couch because I left her for, like, an hour when I went to the ga- uh, grocery store. It sounds like a parrot. Parrots are like that, too. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, you're breaking up pretty bad right now. Hmm. Okay, there we go. I said, what were you saying? Oh, parrots are exactly the same way. They'll do the same exact shit. Oh, you you mean on the article? Yeah. Oh, yeah, but they're basically like like TLDR. Basically, there's that nice line of moderates where, you know, they they, libertarians more or less, where they see the arguments from both sides and they just basically go, yeah, okay, well, in this instance, you really aren't affected. Just shut up. Yeah, and I will say that the Republican Party currently now has more – uh, people from all parts of the political st- spectrum inside of it, mm-hmm. because uh, unless you're talking about Joe Manchin, which is the only moderate Democrat, I believe, left. There's and, some in Colorado. I don't know their names. I know uh, Robert Butler. I'm, I'm going to butcher the name of his company, Kanaz, K-E-N-A-Z, Tactical. He's He knows a lot of the good Democrats. And the problem is a lot of the Colorado people don't realize that just because they have an R by their name means that they want to like that doesn't automatically mean they want to protect the Second Amendment. Now, is that state politicians or national politicians? Uh, State politicians. Okay, and I'm talking more on the national side because I completely agree with you. Uh, Alabama, it's gone a little bit more the opposite way. But like, I mean, Alabama was controlled by Democrats up until the 2010s. Yep. In both houses and in, in the state senate, so I mean, there's still in you know in Alabama we called them blue dog Democrats, mm-hmm. 
and there's still a lot of those on the state level, but on the national level, uh, it's mainly what I'm talking about just because the national level is where we're going to really get our rights back for everybody across the country, especially in the less free states. Yeah, I think the, I mean, like, I, like, I get what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. Um, the only issue I see happening is the fact that like a state like California isn't going to fucking listen and there's not, we can prohibit federal funding, but then they can just say, oh, well, we aren't going to let our businesses do anything with you. And they're our tech central. Well, and and I feel that's where we need to have the national politics, uh, the national at the national level, whether it be Supreme Court uh, or congressional, they should, uh, you know, open the Second Amendment up for everybody because it doesn't matter for people that live in like New York or Massachusetts or California or Illinois. It doesn't matter because those state politics are always going to be run by those, you know, metropolises. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take something from the federal level to, you know, make those states more free like the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah, it will be. It will take that. And I hope hopefully the uh, the prior article that we went over about the Chevron case. Yep. Will will result in that or give us something. Well, that at least will stop the ATF uh, from fucking with the free states, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to take the Supreme Court to uh, overturn assault weapons bans and things of that nature, uh, or you know, wait waiting periods. It's going to take those uh, you know Supreme Court decisions to help the free state or the less free states. Yeah. So. And the last thing that we're going to talk about on the main segment is going to uh, be about the several mass killings that we've had recently in Texas. And actually, there was a a whole spree of them uh, this weekend. Now, uh, they're only talking about the ones that are convenient for them, uh, obviously, because the one that I'm going to talk about, which occurred in Cleveland, Texas, about a week ago, uh, the suspect. Uh, who was a 38 uh, Spanish male, was armed with a uh, AR-15 type rifle, and he killed uh, five of his neighbors, including an eight-year-old child. And it was turned out, uh, or it turned up that he was actually deported four times previously before this had actually occurred. Obviously. uh, yeah, and that's another thing. Uh, immigration. Until I became uh, such a fervent um, Second Amendment supporter, uh, mm-hmm. when in my younger days, when I was in college, and I was all about like the college Republicans and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was all about the border, and I definitely still uh, am pretty strong about the border. I think that the border needs to be enforced. I think the border is what makes a country, and if we don't uh, you know, uphold our border uh, control, then, you know, what's the point of us even That's having a country? Because yeah. anybody can just walk across it, which is that seems to be what's happening. Now, so go ahead. I want to I want to mention like and this is just because the topics we're talking about. Um, and this is not like like this is something that happened last year. I was actually at the Greenwood Mall um, when the shooting took place there. And. This is a completely different topic, but it's something that I that need. I want to voice a little bit. A while ago, Warrior Poet Society, the society's John Lavelle, basically said, you know, don't use a suppressor for home defense, right? Because you want your neighbors to hear it. 
I was in the mall not too far away from where the shooting was happening when it was happening. Like, I was walking into the Dave & Buster's while it was taking place. I didn't hear shit. Right? And I'm sure you know, Nick, like, malls are echo chambers. Yep. I didn't hear anything. You know, 160 decibels. I didn't hear anything. So there's no efficacy to to not using a suppressor for home defense. Your neighbors aren't going to fucking hear it. Like, literally, I, I can't stress this enough. I didn't hear anything. I had no idea. People weren't running away like you'd, you'd think. Like, everyone was just going about their business. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a fun little tidbit that happened. And, like, I'm not tripping about it because I didn't see anything. But, you know, I thought it was worth bringing up. Well, and then, so... Talking about the the next mass shooting we happened, we had uh, at least eight killed and seven wounded. And all these articles are coming to us from either MSN or uh, sorry NBC News or CNN. Uh, and this one just occurred yesterday in Allen, Texas. At least eight killed and seven wounded. Uh, and then the shooter was also killed as well. So uh, this happened in Allen, Texas, in a mall as well. And uh, it is. You know, not a whole lot has come out in regards to this. Uh, I'm this is just north of Dallas, and Dallas is a hotbed for uh, gang activity. So mm-hmm. I'm curious uh, what the particulars are going to be because there was also another mass killing where five people were injured and one killed in Chico, California. Shocker, where the uh, most strict gun control is. Uh, people included dead are a 17-year-old girl uh, and a 21-year-old was admitted to the hospital. Uh, they're all young people in between 17 and 21 uh, that were injured in Chico. But you know, I bring this up just because of the fact that we had a mass killing here in Alabama not far off from me, actually. And it was uh, brought up – You know, I mean it was all over the national media before it was even on our local news. Yep. And uh, in that one right there, it was like, I think six people were killed and over 30 wounded. And it was uh, a gang thing. But as soon as it came out who the suspects were, and as soon as it came out that it was a gang thing, the national media just stopped covering it. You know, didn't I say like before any of the information came out, like you'd said a couple things about it and I said, oh, it's probably gang activity. Yep. Well, and I'll say uh, because of my law enforcement context, I knew a lot more than what people were talking about in the national media uh, mm-hmm. because I knew some of the investigators that were working the case. And, I mean, they worked dead ass. Like, you know, they lived like 45 minutes to an hour late away, but they stayed there for an entire week uh, conducting the investigation until everybody was arrested. Well, so. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah, and I'll say like in at least that state agency that was investigating it, I mean, there's some absolute fucking just, you know, top notch investigators that work there. So, uh, you know, I'm, you know, in regards to that, I knew it was a gang shooting just because of my law enforcement contacts Uh, in regards to the guy in Cleveland, Texas, who was an illegal immigrant, uh, of course, because he's an illegal immigrant, they're not going to be you know, bringing that up very much now. 
they still have not made an arrest in that. And then in regards to the Chico, California thing and the uh, Allen, Texas thing, uh, based on the age group of the victims and then also uh, where it occurred, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out later as a gang thing. But if that yeah, is the case, we're never going to hear from it again. Well, yeah, I mean, the Chico, like I zoomed in a little bit on the map, it's right by Safeway. Right. So, and like considering the ages and the location, like you were saying, like that really does look like some, some gang activity. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that's unfortunate because, you know, progressives and gun control advocates are always going to paint it as it's a firearm issue. But it's not a firearms issue. It's a crime issue. And in the cases when it's not actually uh, gang related or, uh, you know, some sort of criminal activity, it's always a mental health issue. Just like the uh, shooter in Tennessee. You know, we're still waiting to hear the manifesto from them. Uh, it still has not been. It's released. gonna be. It's gonna be another six years, like it was for Vegas, and it's gonna be something stupid, like some teacher there inappropriately touched them twenty years ago, and. Well, and yeah. see if that was the case. You know, we learned from the Tennessee shooting is that that tr- the trans shooter was actually going to target another school before she even uh, went after the school that she did. But the yeah, reason but. she didn't go for that one was because there was a school resource officer there. And that is also why they're going to wait six years. So people forget that little factoid when they come out and say, oh, it's because, uh, you know, a, a, a Christian teacher inappropriately touched them, which caused them to become trans. Well, see, if that was going to happen, I guarantee you they would go ahead and release it because that fits the narrative. I mean, and that's kind of the, the point that I'm hitting on all these articles is yeah. that they are only going to release what fits their narrative because that's what makes them, you know, their agenda. That's what makes their agenda look good. Speaking of the Nashville shooting, I just want to point out the fact that it was kids that were killed. And instead of keeping it in the headlines like, you know, this actually happened, it was children. It was washed away because of who perpetrated who perpetrated the the crime. Absolutely. Well, Mike, it's going to wrap up the main segment. Let's go ahead and start getting into the Gun Gear News interview, shall we? This is my favorite part. thing we're going to talk about is going to be coming to us from tactical life and it's titled is about the uh, gerson witness 2311 a 1020-11 style competition and defender pistol so i wanted to throw this in there just because i had ethan on from livery armory not too long ago mm-hmm. and uh you know livery armory is coming out with a 2011 style uh you know pistol for under yep thousand dollars which i do want to say um you know at shot show i got to go to the free armory booth i i forget who i talked to but it was the uh prototype um of their their 2011 that i got to mess with and i just want to say like if it's if the actual production is anywhere near as nice as the one that i handled at shot show it is going to be honestly it's going to be the end of staccato because it was that smooth as long as they make it reliable staccato is done yeah. And 
with this right here, the MSRP is at $9.99. Uh, they just started the pre-order for the Live Free Armory. Uh, pre-order comes at at $9.49. And I talked to Ethan uh, this past week or the week before once the pre-order started. Uh, they are going to have a metal lower. Uh, which, you know, I believe Staccato, uh, the Springfield Armory, and the Skirson, it's all polymer lower. Mm -hmm. So Liffrey Armories is going to have a metal lower in regards to this. And uh, with the Gersons, uh, you're going to be able to have, it comes in a 9mm, a 45, or a 10mm. Now, the 10mm is extremely appealing in my, you know, in my uh, eyes. And the 10 millimeter and the 9 millimeter, you're going to get the option of either a six inch, a five inch, or a four and a quarter inch. Uh, they're all going to be either super sight, well, except for the 45. The 45, you can either get four and a quarter or five inches, and it only comes in optics ready. But the 10 millimeter and the 9 millimeter, you can get uh, standard iron sights or optics ready. No, and, I'll say, like with ahead. this, like it's it's nice, like reading the specs and everything, it's cool, but at the same time, American company versus whatever country of origin Gersan yes. is. Yep, that's something else I was going to bring up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's something like I'm I'm all for going with what's best. So, like, if this ends up being better than the Love free armory option, which I doubt it will be, by all means. But if it's not, why? Well, like, and then that's something I was interested. Well, I, Piqued my interest when I went to the web page for the Gerson, and right next to description, it, it already has a site for repairs. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, well, when it starts with a G, you know it's garbage. Yep. So <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, Voodoo Gunworks has come out with their own 2011 as well. Uh, this is pretty cool. Now, Voodoo makes some pretty nice guns, uh, but this is uh, their first valve into 2011-style pistols. And something else that I liked about this is that it uses the STI SV Family Magazine, so you can get it in 17, 19, or 23-round magazines. It's going to ship with only two 17-round magazines. It's a 5-inch barrel, but now something that I wasn't a huge fan of is the price uh mm -hmm. it's msrp is three thousand ninety five dollars yeah it's crackhead prices to, to be yeah, honest yeah seriously staccato I mean, like, is not even that much there's only it looks like there's only one model that actually has iron sights which is you know yep. kind of ridiculous yep but i mean then again i'm almost like i'm right there on the border of saying fuck irons just give me a dot Man, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If your new firearm doesn't come with optics, doesn't come with, uh, you know, a threaded barrel and suppressor height sights, you're wrong. If, if it's got to at least have one of those three, preferably yeah. two, if not all. Yeah, and like I can see, I can see the efficacy of not wanting the threaded barrel, right? But even then, a bigger holster is always better for comfort. Yeah, and like at least have the option. So if you yeah. can sell it without a threaded barrel, but like maybe for like 50 bucks more, have a mm -hmm. threaded barrel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just give like options. Options are what's necessary. And I understand, you know, there's the cost of doing business, but to be frank, a threaded barrel isn't that expensive to 
you know, have the variation available for, even for like a custom order type thing. Yep. And uh, I mean, especially like threaded barrel, like I've been looking at a threaded barrel for my 320 because I want to put a comp on it mm-hmm. and it's, it's difficult to find. So if, I mean, SIG sells theirs, but it's like 250 bucks for a threaded barrel. And I'm like, that's a little fucking yeah. high for just a oh, threaded I mean, barrel. Like I'm trying to find, well, yeah, like for my P30L, like one of the things I was wanting to do was get some content for tie on using that because of how, you know, sick of a gun it is. Um, getting a threaded barrel for it from a, like an HK branded threaded barrels, like 340 fucking dollars. Yes. Like, absolutely. I can do a I thing. It was called Jar- Jarvis Jarvis customs. Um, however you pronounce it. It was like $230. It's like, well, you know, for a hundred bucks more, why wouldn't I just get a German one? Yeah. Uh, next product we're going to talk about comes from Gat Daily, and it's titled Streamlight Launches Updated Rechargeable Spotlight. Now, Sick. I, as a kid, have always had a spotlight when I was doing outdoor shit, man, especially yep. when spotlights became a big thing, and everyone had spotlights. That way you could go out and fucking, you know, I'm not saying we spotlighted deer or rabbits or anything like that because that's obviously illegal, but, you know. Uh, you always, you know, had a spotlight so that way you could go find out, oh, like, you know, where's the deer at, you know, where's, uh, you know, kind of game, you could go fucking hiking and have a spotlight if you wanted to, like, see what kind of nightlife was out there. And, yeah. you know, spotlights kind of gone the way of the buffalo just because, you know, fucking flashlights have become so bright. But now yeah, and I think there's still an, like a still need for spotlights. Go ahead, Mike. Well, yeah, well, yeah, there's absolutely a need because of the battery life, and that's the big thing that I think with Spotlight specifically, and I haven't looked at the specs on this one yet, so, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not, but Spotlights need to run at least five times longer than the nicest handheld and at a budget. So, like, if a mod light can run for an hour and a half at maximum capacity, the Spotlight needs to at least be able to meet that capacity or that output for five to six hours. So get this. All right. So here's the specs for it. Okay. So you have a uh, medium high and low uh, or high, medium, low. However, I don't know why I fucking went that in order, but <laughs> you have a high, medium, low for this spotlight uh, for the high. You're going to be producing 400,000 candela in a beam distance of 1,265 meters. Okay. And so for the medium, you got a 600 lumens, 812 meter distance. And on low, you got a 38 lumens with a beam distance of 200 meters. And for the high, it can run three and a quarter hours. Acceptable. And on the low, it can run for 84 hours. Mm, That is what I'm talking about. So that is pretty fucking awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, that's that's solid, especially if it comes out at a, a decent price point. Well, now here's the price point, and I don't think this is that decent. And now something else. So they offer uh, a two versions, a lightweight, uh, which is one and a half pounds, and they offer uh, another version, which is a little bit, a little bit more, nothing too terrible, but the MSRP is $240. Ooh, shit. That's a bit expensive, in my opinion. And yeah. I feel 
that's a little high. Now yeah. it's it's Dreamlight, uh, so I feel that there will be some sales. Probably. I mean, Streamlight does have good sales every now and again. I mean, you can get a TLR1 high lumen for like 129 pretty frequently. Yeah, so, you know, in Streamlight, you're getting good stuff, man. So I feel with Streamlight that you'll, um, you know, be able to use this product for a really long time. Yep. And um, I feel that it'll hold up. So, you know... If you got maybe some Christmas money coming up, you know, like, you know, if you got like a birthday and you know, like for me, I always have like gift cards and shit that I have left over. This could be something that I see me spending gift cards on. I, I, yeah, I could see that depending on where the gift card was for. Yeah, like, you know, Academy, Bass Pro, shit, probably Walmart will sell these. Dude, I you actually, know, we just got them. an Academy. It's the very first time I've ever been in one. How'd you, what'd you think of it? You know what? I'm not going to lie. Like, the ammo prices for, for a brick-and-mortar store were pretty damn all right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those uh, stores that has a bunch of cool shit. Mm-hmm. And you may not get it from there, but at least, you know, you see something online and you're like, oh, man, I really like this. I want to try it out. But, I, you know, I want to, like, put my hands on it. Mm-hmm. If Academy's going to have it. You could look and see, you know, put your hands on it, see if you like it, and then you can order online if it's cheaper. Yep, definitely. And, I mean, I do have to say the 511 do be smoking some crack cocaine for the prices they want for a shirt. Absolutely, man. I but 50 I, fucking dollars for a button-up. Short sleeve, mind you. No, no cool insulation, no cool, like, cooling technology, just a straight-up button-up shirt. But now, are you uh, looking at their brand? Because their brand, they sell some pretty stuff, like some pretty reasonable stuff. Yeah, no, just like 511. Like, it was the 511 tag shirt. Okay, and yeah. Yeah. See, now, I'll, I'll buy their, their uh, like, their fishing stuff. And, like, for the Deep South and here, man, like, that's perfect. Like, on uh, we had range day not too long ago. Um, and I went there with, like, their fishing shirt. Uh, that's like long sleeves to help keep me from getting sunburnt and their pants. So like it was made of that dry wick material yeah. and it was like perfect. So look at their Magellan brand and especially. Like, I got a shirt from them for the, the Magellan. I got a, sh- a Magellan shirt. Okay. And yeah. It's a cool camo pattern. I would send you a picture. Absolutely, man. They make great stuff in my opinion. They got right. that cool uh, duck camo. I don't think I saw that one. Yeah, definitely. That's what I would check out, man. Definitely. I will next time. So going on to the next item, uh, this comes to us from the Farms blog, and it's about the rechargeable protection from Safari Land when they redid their Liberator HP line. So their Liberator HP is kind of Safari Land's version of Comtac, uh, you know, the hearing protection. Mm-hmm. And this shit right here, I, I saw when they first came out with it, I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, something to defeat, you know, combat contacts. Yeah. Uh, they're proud of their shit. It's like at the time, I think it was like $400. And I just saw this uh, released. And I think it's cool because it comes in different colors. They got black FDE, black multicam, OD green. And they also got multicam tropic. But – uh it is 370, and 
I mean, these things are probably in, they got the option whether you can either have it as a rechargeable battery or a regular battery. And for like the heat down here, I always like to use regular batteries because rechargeables don't last too long because of the heat. Yeah. Um, but for, if you want like comms availability on this, like you're looking at sending this off and spending like another couple hundred bucks. It's a little ridiculous for that. And uh, something else that I think is kind of cool in regards to this is that you can get it to where you can already have it mounted on uh, like if you have a, a ECH like a helmet, uh, you can get the attach. You know, it already comes with the attachments for you to attach it to your helmet. So I like the modularity of it, but I think it's a little pricey for what they're trying to compete with. Yeah, I, mean, I agree, but uh, it's going to be hard to say that these are going to be better than Swordens. Yeah. So, and even then, you know, I got to use Swordens versus my Howard Light Sport Tax or whatever the fuck they're called. And I have to say, like, for $60 versus $300, I am perfectly happy with my Howard Lights versus the versus the Swordens. The Howard Lights are good. Um, in my opinion, my uh, Walker Silencer in-ear models that are Bluetooth enabled, mm-hmm. that's my favorite pair of headset, period. See, I've been uh, wanting to get a pair like that just because I'm tired of having, uh, you know, a headset on. But yes, I'm telling you, it's worth the money. It is. How much worth are they? The money. It's like 200 bucks, I think. Oh, that's not bad. So it comes with a carrying case, like iPods or mm-hmm. AirPods, um, and you know, so the carrying case is a charger, so you can just place them in there, and oh, then cool. they charge. And yeah. then you pop them out and put them back in. And then what's re- what I really like about it is that you could have it connected with your Bluetooth, but it still picks up the ambient noise around you. So, like, I could be listening to my music on the range, but I could still hear somebody talking. Interesting. Okay. So, uh, and I have, I actually have a pair of contacts, uh, some Peltors. Mm-hmm. And only reason I got them is because I got them on an absolutely insane fucking deal. I think I got them for, like, 180 or 190 out the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're a return from an agency that ordered them, but they didn't like them. So uh, this was like their T&E model that they uh, gave away, and I got them like super fucking cheap, and that's the only reason I got them. Yeah, my uh, my brother-in-law's got some Comtex I got to try, and I have to say that was steep price tag, but absolutely worth it. They're a workhorse, man. They oh, are yeah. a workhorse. Uh, but I'm kind of with you, like especially uh, like I wear like a boonie-style hat, if I'm out in the range all day to kind of keep myself from getting sunburned. And that's when I use my silencer, uh, my blue, uh, my Walker silencer, uh, Bluetooth in ear headphones. Mm-hmm. And, but if I'm just out for just, you know, an hour or two, I'll wear the Peltors just because they're easier to, to walk around. Then I got my flight line, uh, flat line, uh, Fiberco headset over them. Right. Next uh, thing coming from the Firearms blog, it's a new reproduction replica RPG-7 available from Atlantic Firearms. (laughs) This is really cool. Um, It's $250, so it's a steep price tag for something that's inert that you could just hang on your man wall to make it look cool. But I just want to throw that in there. Would you buy this, Mike? Uh, I mean, am I Polish? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be honest like 
there, I've I've spent two hundred and fifty dollars on worse things. It's very true. Very true. Uh, next gear is Alien Gear goes electromagnetic with the new photon holster. Uh, this thing, it's a Kydex holster from Alien Gear. Uh, it's got a side saddle for an extra mag. Uh, what's supposed to be cool about it is that you can swap the mag from the left to the right side. Uh, they got an option for either a light model or a no light model. And the price is 45 at 50 bucks. So uh, I'm not a huge fan of anything Alien Gear. Yep. I have an Alien Gear holster, but I, it was given to me by somebody. It was their leather slash Kydex hybrid. And I will say that thing is like the most comfortable fucking holster I own. But I also know the drawbacks from it, so I don't no, wear you it should that get, often. You should try a, a Black Arch holster. You'd love it. They actually have it, it has rigid. Yeah, it actually has rigid protection on the backside where the uh, softer material is that goes up against your body. Yeah, shoot me a link. I'll definitely yeah. check it out. Now, I will say, like, for anyone that's interested in this alien gear, I want you to, to understand almost any quality alternative to this is going to cost you, you know, At twice least 30, or more. 40 bucks more. Yeah, yeah, like, it's going to be a substantial price increase compared to this, and there's a reason for that, and that reason is quality. Like, yep. alien gear is not known to produce stuff that lasts, so... Uh, it's better than we the people, but by a smidgen. Yeah. And, I mean, like, if you want to try a sidecar out, like, this is a perfect way to try one out without breaking the bank. Yeah. Just don't rely on it. Yeah. Uh, next thing uh, comes to us from Fire and Blog. It's titled Unleash the Power of the Night with the Lone Wolf's Arms Dusk 19 Pistol. It's cool. It's it looks, cool, but it's not It great. looks cool. I, I mean, it looks ass. sexy. Oh, yeah. have you shot it? I didn't shoot it, but they had them on display at SHOT Show. And I was like, oh, cool, look, a metal frame Glock 19. And originally I thought it was the Live Free Armory booth because I was looking for the amp. Um, yep. And it was this. And, like, it didn't feel bad in the hand. It didn't feel great. And the trigger wasn't like that. Like, nothing to write home about. Like, my poly dad that I got for my 19 was better. Yeah. So... I mean, it's a, a Glock metal frame, uh, you know, 19 replica, so that's cool. Yep. But one thing about Lone Wolf that I've never really enjoyed was their grip angle. It just looks weird to me. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, it looks sexy. I'll give them that. Like, if it's either their photographer or the gun looks sexy. It's, it's, I think it's the photographer in this case. And the MSRP is 650 Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's right in line with the amp. Yep. Which, I mean, to be honest, I like the fact that, isn't it with the amp you can change out the side panels? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, that, that, that alone. And that's something I think every company's gotten wrong so far with these metal framed. Um, yep. You know, I don't, like with the platypus from Stealth Arms, like it's great. I want to change my fucking side panels for my own grip. Yeah. And then like you could personalize it. So that's one yeah. thing when I was talking to Ethan about the Apollo 11 is that he's looking at doing uh, interchangeable panels on the side of it. And I was like, that's cool because something that I've gotten into is making uh, custom 1911 panels uh, out of my 3D printer. So like yeah. I can make, you know, custom shit on it to, you know, make it like a meme gun or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, like I'll be honest, like, if I, like, let's say the apocalypse happens and I was taking a metal frame gun with me, there's a very good chance that I would want to have 
um, sweetheart grips like the 1911 had in World War II. Yep. Just to be able to have something to look at when, you know, stuff got shitty, shitty. Yeah. You know, it just makes it personal, makes it your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next uh, item we're going to be talking about is the Range Buddy, an app for training. Uh, this is pretty interesting. I saw, uh, so I was talking about the, uh, I think it's called the master index I put on social media not too long ago. Okay. And, uh, that's cool because you know, it's got a whole bunch of drills on there. Uh, and it's different, different shit. Uh, I've looked at index cards that had drills for a while because the, uh, I think RE factor is another one that had them, but they were drill specific for their targets. So you kind of really had to use their targets to get the use out of the drills. But um, the master index, you could use it for anything that had like stuff on there for B8s, FBI Q targets, uh, silhouette targets, that kind of stuff. Um, So I really uh, like those. But this right here is another great thing. Uh, This app is it's free or you could donate and subscribe. Uh, They have plans for 99 cents a month. Two, uh, three dollars a month or nine dollars a year and what's cool about it is it's got a whole bunch of drills inside of your uh, app and you can pick which targets you're using uh, whether it be idpa uspsa steel targets you know whatever different kind of targets and then you can pick what drill you want based on that target and what drill goes for that target now i think that's cool but Another reason why I like the cards versus an app is because, uh, especially here, uh, I don't know, Indiana's different, but, um, you know, our ranges aren't really in, uh, you know, they're really out in the woods, the middle of nowhere, uh, because that's where land's cheap and you could do that kind of stuff. So you're not always going to have the best signal. So, uh, or your phone dies because it's constantly searching for signal. Yeah, and that's something like here in Indiana, I think the... The, the app would probably work like the, the interesting thing about Indiana is it's like split. Right. So it's like the area that I'm in right now, there's like no public ranges. Right. And the ones that exist are shitty, but you've got service, but everyone goes to the paid for ranges um, because of how much better kept they are. And it's easier to go out and change your target, shit like that. But then there's areas like in the southern part of the state where there are a lot of public ranges where, you know, it's the same case for you where the cards would make a lot more sense. Yep. So that's a, a new piece of technology technology that you can use for your range days. Uh, next thing comes from the Fire Blog as well. Small but Mighty meets Vaxxon's latest FX-22 Rimfire series. Now, I got this email earlier this week, and I was pretty excited because it's a 1022-style um you know, 22. I like shooting 22s. They're great trainers. My kids like shooting 22s. It's mainly why I let them shoot. Faxon's known for some pretty good stuff. Um, yeah, I love then, tw- Like, I got a 1022 this last year. I swore that I'd never get one again because um, I hated fucking cleaning my first one. And also, I couldn't hit a broadside of a barn with it. Um, which, by the way, the dude that I sold it to contacted me shortly after I sold it and basically said the same thing. So I know it wasn't just me. Um, but I got, it is the funnest fucking thing ever. Oh yeah, man. When I was a teenager, I used to go through like two or three bricks of ammunition a weekend. Yeah. Like it's, it's stupid fun. Like my brother-in-law and I, last time I was over to shoot at his place, 
you know, I had my 1022. It's like, I mean, I know we're at 20 yards, but like for, for shits and giggles, you know, just do headshots. So I was just like, ding, 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 ding. Like, no, it's just the funnest thing in the world. Absolutely. And I thought this was going to be like a knockout of the park for Faxon. But have mm-hmm. you seen the MSRP on these, Mike? Uh, fourteen hundred, I think. The basic model is seven fifty. Uh, it's a little. I mean, you know what? I, I'll be honest. It, it, if the if the header image is the base model, which comes with the fluted fax and barrel that's threaded, it's got the rail on top. It's got the Magpul stock on it already. If that's what it comes with. Just out of convenience, I'd pay it. Oh, but contraire, that's the nine hundred dollar model. Nine hundred dollar model. Ooh, ooh. I mean, if it's been, if it's, I'll put in another caveat. It, it, with that one being the nine hundred dollar model, if it was all fitted, right, and tuned, sure. If it wasn't, nah. I mean, I mean. I, you know, for 750, you get a Hogue stock. You do get the rail up top. You get a regular kind of 1022 barrel, and it it comes threaded. I can see maybe that. Uh, I'm gonna say no, because for 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 750, right? Like let's say 300 for a 1022 is about the average I'm seeing, right? Yep. So throw in 200 dollars for a Faxon flame fluted. 1022 barrel so right there you're at 500 600 with the sga stock and you already have something that's cooler than that yeah fair point fair point but you don't have the rail and i will say i don't have a torch so i actually had to take my 1022 into the gunsmith yes so and that's a pain in the ass and that's that's the only reason why i said could be yeah like they need to like ruger really needs to do they need to apply the finish to the receiver first and then put the screws in, not put the yep. screws in and then put the fucking finish on. Yep. I mean, it doesn't cost like it probably save them money doing that. They have a uh, eight inch uh, flu- or a fluted barrel in a GBMFG chassis option for $1,200. That's a pistol. Kind and then they stupid. have a full size for 1400 Now I think Faxon's doing this because they're trying to get in and be maybe a competitor to Volkortsen. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see it happening because Vault Quartzen has been around for such a long time that it's got the name and the reputation for what it has. Faxon yeah. has a, a decent reputation, but it has a decent reputation for being an economical parts manufacturer. And I will and say, like, economical if, ARs. If you're wanting to become, like, if you're entering a segment, and this goes for any company or anyone that's trying to start a business. If there isn't a well-established company that is like the the kingpin of whatever it is you're trying to get into, in this case for quartz and for 1022s, you cannot come to market at the same exact price point or a similar price point to what they're selling because you're going to fail 10 out of 10 times. Yep. You need to come in a little lower, even if mm-hmm. it's just $100. Yeah, and even if it's just initial, like you have to entice people over to get people to start talking about what you're making, to get people to try what you're making. And if you can't get them to do that, you're fucked. You're done. Vortex is a great example of that. Vortex used to be known for cheap, shitty optics, mm-hmm. but 
they made some good stuff. Okay. And then once they got the customer base, they started making more expensive, high-end stuff. And in my opinion, is one of the better optics companies out there now. Yeah, and I mean, like, they're, they're OM, OE or OEM, however the fuck you want to say it, for some of their cheaper optics is Swamp Fox. Um, and Swamp Fox actually has some surprisingly clear glass. I got one of their, uh, I think it's called a Tomahawk. I don't know. I don't like the stupid fucking names, but I think it's called the Tomahawk on my 1022, and it's been pretty yep. good. So. Yeah, and Swamp Fox is, is making some good stuff. And they're still building their customer base and building the reputation, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, like, I'll, I was having issues with ordering from them, and their their customer service was spot on. Like, they were very community. Like, I think I messaged them at two in the morning because I was having issues because I do late night shopping, and they responded to me in like ten minutes. I was like, oh fuck, let me get back to the page. Yeah. And the next to last uh, object we're going to talk about is the Burris introduces new laser range finding binoculars. Now these are twelve hundred dollars MSRP. I can see these probably coming in under a thousand, probably come the holidays. Uh, but this is really interesting. It's a ten by forty-two. Uh, it can range uh, within a yard at a thousand, and range. Uh, plus or minus two yards at over a thousand and it can go up to 2,600 yards. Interesting. That is pretty decent in my opinion for $1,200. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I think it, I honestly think we're starting to, cause there's that scope that I think it was, uh, I think it was vortex who made it. The one that the military is going over to for yep. the spear. You know, I think this is a sign that we're going to start seeing the, what I'm going to call aimbot scopes yep. are going to start coming to market. And I think that's going to change everything, especially, you know, I think we're going to get to a point where we're going to have a scope that can literally see where the bullet went and just zero itself. Yep. Which will be great. Cause I hate zeroing guns. It's the, I'm the worst at it. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the uh, ammunition nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So, and uh, this recording uh, happened the weekend after Star Wars Day, so I wanted to throw this one out here. Uh, this comes from the Firearms blog, and it's the last item we're going to be talking about. And it's Mission First Tactical Releases Mandalorian Beskar-themed magazine. <laughs> this is pretty cool. Uh, Mission First Tactical makes other uh, kind of movie-memed magazines. Uh, in this article, they talk about some of uh, Storm, uh, Starship Troopers magazines that they made it includes uh the mobile infantry and rico's roughnecks and this is going to come at 25 dollars. it's basically like a, a magpul p mag with their art on it and it's pretty cool i just want to throw that out there you uh finish watching um do you watch star wars at all mike so i am the mandalorian i i'm still needing to finish it and in regards to the whole whole uh Series, no. Like, I, I'm one of those people, like, I really want to, but I can't stay awake. Really? Like, yeah, I just fall, like, it, I just fall asleep. Like, I got the uh, metal, the die-cast Boba Fett Funko Pop on my desk. I'm looking at it right now, right? So I've got the will. Like, I, I got the desire to be a fan of Star Wars, but I can't make it through a fucking movie without sleeping. Meanwhile, I just bought... Uh, 
the complete series of Star Trek uh, Next Generation and then the Enterprise series with Captain Archer, and I'm having no issues with that. So. Well, and see, that's easier in my opinion because it was made for TV, so you had to have a complete story in the yeah. 30 minutes to an hour that the the you know show was released. Yeah. But with like Mandalorian, uh, the Book of Boba Fett, um, Obi Wan, the new Ahsoka series coming out, uh, they are getting a chance to tell a story over like eight to ten episodes. Yeah, and that's, I think that's going to end up getting me to watch the movies finally. There's just so much, like, I, I think the problem with me in Star Wars movies is, is there's so much quiet and in-between that, you know, I just lose interest or I just fall asleep because I'm so bored. And, like, I had no problems. I watched all Rebels, uh, all Clone Wars, uh, and that was easier to me to watch because, again, it was made for TV, so you had to have, like, a complete story and mm-hmm. whatever it's in there. Uh, so I just thought that was pretty cool, pretty interesting. If you're a Star Wars fan, uh, make a Star Wars themed AR-15, add this to it. That's pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to wrap up the gun gear, uh, section. Let's go ahead and start getting into the gun culture segment. Well, hold on before we go, uh, Mike, is there anything you want to talk about that you got? Um, you know, not really. Um, other than my P30, which I don't know if you've, you've discussed with everyone about, the fact that Langdon's now doing HKs. Yep. Did you do the USP with the Lipsy exclusive yet? I have not. So eight. So as of right now, I believe the only things that are listed on the Langdon Tactical website are the P30, the P30, yeah, the P30 series and the P2000 for the nasty Californians out there. Um, but they're actually going to, they're able to do USPs. I think it means they're going to be able to do HK45s. Um, but right, yeah, it'd be fantastic because the only thing, the only issue with the HK series is, is the only made VP9s that are optic ready. And I'll be honest, the VP9s kind of trash. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've got, I've got nothing. Well, I, you know, and I say this because I want to ask you, and there's one other thing I wanted to add. I don't recall uh, talking about this yet, so I want to make sure that I bring this up. Uh, something that I have purchased for myself mm-hmm. um, and I have used now for, I'd say, a couple months is a Core Essentials belt. So You know, I was wanting to look at those, but the issue – well, the issue was when I was looking into them, I have a nickel and aluminum skin allergy, and all their buckles at the time were nickel or aluminum. So I could Yeah, I don't have a weak gene, so I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ginger. <laughs> just the beard, man. Just the beard. I mean, I, you, you get to say that because you're also bald. Well, by choice. Well, I'm sure. It is. I uh, shave my head, sir. Now, remember, everyone, I... if you want to get to a lifestyle a gift for his birthday, send him some turtle polish. Yeah, so, like, ever since I started uh, working in law enforcement, I've shaved my head, and I've, I mean, to the point now to where I cannot stand any length of hair on top of my head. Jeez. Yeah, I've I've started growing mine back out. I think I'm going to go for a John Wick look. I'm not sure, though. Can you, instead of Pollock, it'd be Pollick. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, anyway, your core essentials belt, tell us, tell us. Yeah, so uh, I got this Core Essential belt. 
like I said, a couple months ago, I had a leather uh, Wrangler belt that my dog chewed up one day while we were sleeping for some reason. So I had to find myself another belt. Yeah. So what now? And I was looking for like a good EDC belt uh, because I mainly, uh, you know, at work, I wear just like some like range pants and a polo and uh, just carry, uh, you know, my my sidearm, which is my full size uh, SIG 320 with a Streamlight TLR 1HL and my Hollow Sun 507. Yeah. And then I carry one extra mag and some handcuffs. Because my job, you know, mainly deals with, uh, you know, office stuff, but I do go out and do real police work every once in a while. So I have to have that with me. So I was looking for something that can hold all that stuff and be professional, but also be kind of casual looking. And I was looking at Core Essentials and I wasn't a huge fan of the ratcheting uh, type belt, but Mm -hmm. I liked it because on previous belts that I had, um, the little holes and my weight like drastically changes. Um, and I needed that, you know, either add an extra, uh, belt holes and, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was yeah. like, this ratcheting thing will be pretty good concept. So I went with it and I've used it now for two months and I absolutely fucking love it. Nice. So. Uh, the one thing on there it says is, you know, it's supposed to like, you know, um, they send you like one belt and you cut it yourself and they say to like leave, uh, two sizes for your gun, which I did. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I have left it, but it seems like it's a little bit too much when I am using my outside the waistband holster. Yeah. But it's just about right for when I'm using uh, inside the waistband holster. Uh, maybe I could cut off a little bit, but I'm afraid to cut off more than what I need. Uh, just because, you know, like once you cut your belt like too tight, you are kind of stuck with that. You'd have to order a whole new belt. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it goes with the old saying, you know, you can always you can always remove. You can never put back. Exactly. So uh, in regards to the belt itself, it uh, I really like the ratcheting because, you know, like on a standard belt, like you got like normally about an inch in between each belt hole. Yeah. And with the ratcheting, you have a lot more in between. And that's one thing I didn't like about the belts that I had before is that like I'm sitting down in my office like, all right, you know, I'm using this uh, belt belt hole. But then if I get up and I'm moving around like my fucking pants are sagging down because I got no ass <laughs> and nothing okay, to hold it up. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I had that issue, but with the ratcheting system, I can find that in between. And then also with the ratcheting system, it's nice because you just got like a little lever on the side that you, uh, adjust it with. And it's not like I got to fucking undo my whole belt in front of everybody, like if I need to tighten it or, you know, whatever. So it's a little bit like more discreet in that area. Yeah. Uh, so I really like it in that. And also what I like about it is it's modularity. Um, so if I wanted to get like a different belt buckle, but keep the belt or if I want a different belt, but keep the belt buckle at all, like interchange and works with each other and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that was 
really like what I really liked about it. The prices weren't too terrible. Uh, if I remember correctly, I got mine for like around 60 or 70 bucks uh, on like a, I can't remember whatever fucking sale they had going on at the time. Oh, so. you know what? Actually, I got some. So AJ, he's uh, he owns the, uh, the Coots Agency. He'd gotten me a Neomag alias for Christmas last year. And at first, like when it, when when Neomag came out with it, I kind of just overlooked it. Like, oh, cool, look, another belt attachment, right? Yeah. This thing, it's it's not just an attachment; it's a fucking ecosystem, dude. And you can actually have, like, let's say, you know, as a civilian, I might need one carry gun for like a formal event, you know, one that's a little bit more deeply concealed and then like my regular everyday carry would be like my clock 19 right yep you can put the alias uh, i think it's the yeah the alias clip on both of those holsters and let's say you get home and you just need to tuck your shirt in or put on a nicer shirt and it's gonna cause a lot of printing with your glock 19 you just release the bracket that's on your belt, and you pull your holster out, and then you can push your like Glock 43's holster in without taking your belt off. It is like it's it's really cool. You can also they have like a I haven't gotten it, but they have like this Velcro version where you can put it inside of your bag, and it has the receiver on it that you slide your holster into. So you don't have to have one holster for each thing that you're doing. So you don't need to have one holster in your bag, one holster in uh, your briefcase, one holster, you know what, you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I also just learned about the blue alpha battle belt light a couple weeks ago. And oh yeah. I've, I've been eyeballing that, but I don't know shit about battle belts. Which, that, that's something we need to talk about offline. If you need some info, I'll be more than happy to help you on that. Oh, for sure, for sure. I appreciate it. All right, well, that's going to be it for the uh, the gear section. Let's go ahead and get into the gun culture section. Except for some her time and all her love, that's my concern. I'm trying to buy my neighbor house and turn it to a y'all. If you don't know my grandma name, then we ain't really dogs, bitch. I shook your hand. I don't respect. Don't call me king. I'm not your twin. I'm not your brother. We just met. See, I won't so we're going to be talking about a book, uh, which is something that we don't do a whole lot of, uh, even though we just talked about the Gray Man series book, which I'm on the fifth book now, and I'm almost done, and I'm pretty, pretty happy with it. Now uh, I'm going to have to look that up. You need to look that the fuck up, dude. I'm telling you, I have thoroughly enjoyed this book series. Did you watch the movie called The Gray Man? See, now here's something. So I watched the movie when it first came out, and the the movie is based like loosely on the book. It kind of there's like a lot of differences, but there's a lot of the same kind of. Um, and I re- I watched the movie first, and I didn't know that it was a book series. And huh. I was listening to an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, and he had the author of the Gray Man series on it, and he was talking about the book. And I was like, you know, I've read a couple of books uh, that. Joe Rogan has had the authors on and I was like, you know, these are good books. I was like, let me, uh, take a look. And so I had like an audible credit and I bought the first gray man book and I listened to it on audiobook, And I was like, this is fucking awesome. And so now I'm like five books in, I think there's a total of seven or eight books in the series so far. And this guy's so good that like, he's actually written, 
uh, for the Tom Clancy novels since he's passed. Damn. So. But this book that we're talking about today is The Life and Times of Davy uh, Davy Crockett and the Atomic Watermelons by Logan Matesh. So if you aren't familiar with what the Davy Crockett is, the Davy Crockett was a uh, a concept in the military that came out of the Atomic Age from World War II that was supposed to help with the Cold War. And it was basically the first uh, tactical atomic weapons. For those and, that have played Fallout, this is like a uh, like a ground-mounted fat man. Exactly. And literally, it's about the size of, of a big watermelon. And mm-hmm. uh, it's put on the end of a mortar. It looks – I mean the mortar basically looks like a fucking potato cannon. If you've ever made or seen one of those, uh, and you just put it on the end of this, and the uh, atomic pound, uh, the atomic weapon, which weighs 75 pounds, is launched uh, from there, and it can be either uh, ground mounted on a tripod, or they even mounted these in the back of old Jeep Willys uh, or Willys Jeeps, and uh, they were made. Uh, based off of the assumption that Russia could push back or push across the Iron Curtain at any time and invade uh, Western Europe. So these were made to try and, uh, you know, hold the Soviets at bay in Europe in the case they wanted to invade Western Europe. So these were first uh, produced and put into field during uh, May of 1961, and they're available in two sizes. Uh, with a 120 millimeter recordless rifle with a range of one uh, and a quarter miles or a 155 millimeter recordless rifle with a range of two and a half miles. Uh, hmm. These projectiles were 31 inches long, 11 inches in circumference. And this is, I mean, pretty interesting stuff uh, during uh, especially the atomic age. Yeah. And, you know, the whole rifles themselves weighed anywhere between 185 to 440 pounds. And, you know, it, this whole book just talks about how they were developed, how they were used. They got really cool pictures of how uh, people like squad size elements were used to carry each part of the recoilless rifle or how they were put on old Jeeps. And talked about, uh, you know, these cost anywhere between uh, basically $20 million to $50 million. And adjusting for inflation today, that would put these, you know, around $676.5 million, which is a lot of fucking money for a small tactical nuclear weapon. Uh, But by 1971, the system was officially retired uh, and they went on to more. Um, I guess you could say conventional tactical nuclear weapons mm-hmm. and instead of just these little uh, atomic weapons. But, you know, this is a pretty cool portion of our history. Definitely, fire, you know, weapons related, in my opinion. Uh, so check out this book. Uh, it is called the Davy Crockett, uh, the Life and Times of Davy Crockett and the Atomic Watermelons by Logan Matish. And let's look and see how much it is on Amazon. 
Now, while you're also looking this book up to read it, I want all of you to look up where the Iron Curtain began, like the countries that the line was drawn through, and also where Eisenhower told Patton to stop. Because you can thank Eisenhower for everything that happened to the countries that were a part of the Soviet Union. Yeah, I definitely uh, feel that we should have kept pushing forward. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like if you if you go back and you look, um, the Poles had one of the biggest armies during World War Two. And they sent almost all their soldiers over to I think it was Britain uh, to continue fighting against Hitler. And at the end of the war, instead of letting them even go get their families and bring them back, they were thanked by, you know, the the treaty that said, yeah, Poland will be a part of the Soviet Union. Yeah. I guess I guess this is probably a new book because it's not even on Amazon. Interesting. Yeah, I cannot find it on Amazon. Scrolling here to the end of the article, see maybe if there's a link to where you can purchase it. I do not recall seeing it. That doesn't even come it. up on uh, on Google Shopping. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, when I just Googled it, uh, the only thing I could find is this article from Tactical Life. And that is it. Literally, Very that is it. Well, I wonder. Wait, wait. Um, oh, that's. I, I don't think it's an actual book. I think it's just the article. Oh well, goddamn. Because the uh, the author of the article is T. Logan Matesh. Did Matish? Yeah. Which is the name of the the same name as the person that's on the faux book, if you will. Well, shit, that is my error. Still a cool little piece in uh, history. Yeah, for sure. And there there is books about the the Davy Crockett, which is what the tactical atomic weapon was called. So I did find books about it on Amazon. I just didn't find this particular book. So, yeah, definitely, definitely interesting technology that everyone should be, you know, it's kind of, it kind of, it's kind of similar to the Gatling gun in the early 1800s. You know, it's, you wouldn't think that it would exist at that point because of where technology was, but it absolutely did. And it just goes to show the technology that we have in our homes, you know, in our pockets, in our cars isn't even the maximum potential that we actually have currently. Absolutely. So, Mike, if that's it, man, let's go ahead and wrap this uh, episode up and let's go ahead and start recording the next one. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, sounds good. some ice to keep it swelling down. I'm selling now. Been a mess. Blaming on the internet. I'm planting in some countries. I ain't visiting yet. Who did it best? Oh, how about Mr. Step? Double check that bet I put. Parted every setup. Good did everything I said I would get. I cried on my birthday, and yes, I'm proud of that. I live long enough to try to see the- All right, I greatly appreciate you for listening to another episode of the 2A Lifestyle. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that that way you can keep up with the new podcasts as they come out. Also, if you can, leave us a review. That's the best way for people to find us when they're looking for gun-related content. Also, I would greatly appreciate it if you could check out our Patreon. That's where uh, you can give anything to the show, and it's greatly appreciated. It goes directly back into this podcast. So if you could check us out there, it's to a lifestyle podcast. Greatly appreciate Mike being on to another being on another episode of the podcast. Hope we can be a little bit more frequent. And until then, I hope you guys keep on enjoying that 2A lifestyle.
lose and lose interest, and then make up a new scene. Hey, hella high water, we cover for you like.